Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right now. Darren. You know, Andre Dupont, the old Philadelphia Flyer tough guy, was nicknamed Moose. And you being a tough guy. Right. But in hockey, when I was younger, another player came across the middle and made the most devastating check I've ever made in my life. Take off the helmet, and it's a girl. And so the coach slapped at a boy, Moose, just like the Moose. And I'm like, I have no idea who that is, right? The one sports show where roughing is encouraged. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh... It was something. Uh, welcome to Hour 2 of the podcast. Welcome to Hour 2 across the Game Plus television network. Darren DuPont with you here. Not Rod Peterson. He is in the friendly skies. He is up and above the clouds, and he is heading to Canada from sunny and hot Florida. He's getting a break from the heat. So uh, I'm with you here for a couple of days And then Rod and I will be back with our regularly scheduled program on Monday. So uh, looking forward to the next couple of days with you. Um, So settle in, have some fun. We've got lots to talk about. Um, Hour one was really good. Big thanks to uh, Mike Wilner from the Deep Left Field podcast for joining us live from Rogers Center. I know the audio was choppy. Not choppy. The audio was tough because of the the surrounding uh, noise. That made it really difficult to listen to. But if you did listen and you had to listen very hard and close, um, great stuff from Mike Wilner. We'll have him back on again soon, I'm sure. But he was right in in uh, Rogers Center. First pitch is about six minutes away. The uh, Jays and Padres in uh, the conclusion of their three-game set. Jays looking to avoid the sweep. Chris Bassett takes the hill. And the roof is open. I'm seeing your social media pictures um, and photos. We know lots of people who are at the game. The roof is open on a beautiful, warm day that's going to push 30 degrees. Look, they are rolling at the Open Championship right now. Uh, The British Open uh, at uh, Royal Liverpool. They teed off this morning at 1.30 a.m. Eastern. Um, the last groups were teeing off just as we went to air. Roy McElroy's in a group with John Rahm, and we'll update where everybody's at right now. But last time we checked, uh, Christio uh, Lamprecht, the amateur, fired a 5-under-66. Tommy Fleetwood, also a 5-under-66 early this morning, um, to share the lead right now, the clubhouse lead, at 5-under. Um, Stuart Sink. The 50-year-old Stuart Sink. There's always seems like one of these guys, Fred Couples, Louis Ustason, um, one of these guys, and Louis's not, I shouldn't put Louis in the, in the same category as Fred Couples and Stuart Sink. I don't think he's that old yet. Um, I'd have to check. But Stuart Sink, it seems like always one of these guys finds a way to make a move at a major or just shows up for a couple of days. Mike Weir had a great opening round at the Masters and was kind of hovering for a bit before falling out of contention. Um, I don't know if he was ever really in contention, but he was under par in the first day and had a great round. Stuart Sink, 50 years old. He shot a 3-under 68 right now, currently sitting tied for fifth um, on the leaderboard. He has won one major championship, 15 tour wins, one major. It was the 2009 British Open. So Stuart Sink trying to reclaim some magic at a tournament that he's very uh, comfortable with. Uh, other notables, Jordan Spieth right now, tied for 10th at two under. Max Holma, at two under. Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka's tied for 17th right now, at one under. Also one under, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley. Um, we'll see if we can uh, find where, where Rory's hanging out. And um, actually, I think I can search for him right here. It's going to take a second, but we'll, get out, we'll, get, we'll figure out where Rory is on the course. If you know, write it in on the YouTube chat. Um, Randy from the Peg says, put 10 bucks on Fleetwood, pays 200 minus five first round. Yeah, he's been great. Um, 10 bucks would pay you 200 if he wins. So the Open... 
uh, happening right now at Roy, uh, Royal Liverpool. Um, and so big things happening there. Uh, game day today. Week 7 opens in the Canadian Football League with the Edmonton Elks visiting the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Going to get to lots of CFL talk here in Hour 2. It's going to be mostly Elks and Bombers. Um, the Jays, as we mentioned, wrapping up that set with San Diego. Lots of Jays talk last hour. Uh, Canada and Nigeria open play at the World Cup. Brendan Dunlop will join us from Canadian Soccer Daily in the next segment to help tee that one up. Um, the last thing on the Jays, and this was a carryover from hour one, ask the question, how upset would you be if your team was selling the other team's gear in your team store? And I put this on Twitter, and I wanted to get some of the replies. We'll get your replies here from social or from the YouTube feed and from the text line. But let's pull this up. I asked it last night, and I was there's so many replies, um, hard to keep track of them all. But Chad wrote, and he says, no issue. Besides, Seattle has a lot of Canadian fans that come down to watch the game, so you're really you're selling to a chunk of your ticket season ticket holders. True, there's going to be a oh, there's the pick. Great stuff, Clark. There's the there's the team store, right? The Mariners, the Mariners team store. And a bunch of Jays gear, Vladdy uh, Jr. T-shirt and all the rest. Uh, Sean writes in, says, "I when I was a kid, I remember you used to be able to buy other teams' hats at Skydome. I loved it because I would always get a hat of the team the Jays were playing as a souvenir of all the teams that I saw. Uh, so that's cool. Mark says that he wouldn't really be upset. He thinks it's great. People come to see them too. Um, so Bill writes it on Twitter and he says, I would want it." I have enough of my home team's gear. I'd want the other team's gear. Um, Wayne says, I thought this would be a great move. I always, I've always thought that was a great move. I uh, see my team's gear on the road as often as at home. I see my teams on the road as often as at home, sorry. Would definitely pick up some merch. So that's a great thought. Here's what I would like. Because it was a couple of Mariners players that were upset and saying, how is our official store selling their gear, promoting them in our store? And it ended up resulting in them getting rid of the Jays gear out of the team store leading up to the weekend. And I was in L.A. at Easter, and I went to an Angels game. They were playing the Blue Jays. And I remember thinking that exact thought to myself as I was walking up to the stadium. I'm like, they would make a killing if they put up a Blue Jays merch truck right there like a trailer with hats and jerseys, souvenirs for Jays fans. Because a lot of Jays fans will travel to those warm climates, right? They'll travel to L.A., they'll travel to Miami, they'll definitely go to Seattle like crazy, especially the West Coast baseball fans. Um, they'll go to Minnesota like crazy, these close places. So I remember thinking that, and I would be completely in favor of that. Maybe, and this is a maybe, maybe even a specific visitor's kiosk on the concourse maybe it wouldn't be the most convenient kiosk on the concourse might be on the fifth deck might be way in a different area where nobody hangs out it would be probably outside the stadium when people are walking in but i would let them do it because i think you can make a lot of money i would tax the hell out of the visiting team i would make sure that the home team is getting revenue from it right and not just the jays for example rolling into seattle with their own merch truck and making all the money I would do that for sure. So I would do that. But mark me as not in favor of having your official team store selling the opposing team's gear. Look at Saskatchewan, where I grew up. If the official rider store was selling Winnipeg Blue Bomber stuff, I'd be up in arms. I've got a lot of people from Winnipeg that watch this program. Imagine if the official bomber store in the stadium was selling rider gear at the Banjo Bowl. And maybe they do, but... I think you'd be upset. Let them sell something outside. Give them a spot on the tailgate. Let them do their thing. That creates a fun, good rivalry. Not in the team store. I think that is a issue. Um, so there we go. Um, Randy from the Peg writes in says, Rory's at plus one after 11 holes. Um, yeah. Um, BW says it's all about paying for their comfortable chairs in the locker room. Luxury tax, LOL. That's a literal luxury tax if you make them. I would want them to sell the gear, and we take the money. You sell the gear because all your fans are coming. We get the money, okay? And it happens outside 
the stadium. Once you're in the stadium, you're in our building. That's it. You're in our building. Away we go. So that is the end of that. Look, at the other thing I wanted to get to, it's the last hockey point I have of the day, and it's the other arbitration. Uh, we talked about this in hour one. Vegas avoided arbitration with Brett Howden, two years, $1.9 million. Uh, the Jets re-signed Gabe Velarde, the RFA, at uh, two years, $3.4375 million. And Dave Haxall agreed to a three-year deal with Seattle. Clark, there has been no agreement between the Leafs and Ilya Samsonov, has there? No, they're going to... Our they're going to arbitration, and we're going to play a little quick game here um, in a second. But here's the deal. Ilya Samsonov and the Toronto Maple Leafs are heading to arbitration. You can go to a one- or two-year deal in arbitration, but since he's scheduled to be a UFA in a year, it will only be a one-year deal awarded to Samsonov, okay, because he's going to be eligible to be a UFA. Uh, the Leafs were said to not be looking at any more than a three-year deal with the young goaltender. Um, Matt Murray... This is a salary cap issue as well because Matt Murray, we're told, might not be eligible now for a bio due to an injury, so he may be a candidate for LTIR, and that's according to Elliot Friedman. So here's where the two sides are at. The Leafs have been said to offer $2.4 million to the goaltender. Samsonov and his camp are looking for $4.9 million. That's a $2.5 million gap. And when the team's only asking $2.4 million, that's more than double, okay? So that's the issue right now. He's 26. He's coming off his best year in the National Hockey League. Uh, he was 27-10-5 with a, a 2.33 goals against average and a 9.19 save percentage, okay? Stabilized the position for the Leafs. But here's where it gets interesting. Grant Campbell is a writer for Dauber Hockey. I think I'm saying that right, Dauber Hockey. And I saw an article, and I started, well, I'm like, who's Grant Campbell? So I did a little digging. He's a writer, prospect writer. He's, he's got less than 300 followers, whatever. So I don't know if he's credible. So I go a little deeper. Dauber Hockey has a little over 26,000 followers. So, okay, they got my attention. Um, they say they've been around since 2005. And here's where you get me. They're a member, they say they're an official member of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. Okay, you got my attention. So the article goes on to say that Samsonov is a, a, a really great value buy for the Leafs. Okay? Based on the analytics and the way he played versus the money he was making... They say that Samsonov, who went 27-10-5 with a 2-3-3 goals against average and a 9-19 save percentage, was worth $5.6 million last season. So I want to play the game with Clark. Would you rather? Okay? And Clark, all you're going to say is yes or no. The folks at home won't be able to hear you, but I'll relay it. Okay? So I'm looking at salaries. Okay. So, so Clark, if you like it, we're going to hear this. I like it. And if you don't like it, we're going to hear this. Oh, no. Okay. If you'd take them or not. So, look at Carey Price, $10.5 million. Would you take Samsonov at $4.9 million over Sergei Bobrovsky at $10 million? I like it. Yeah. Um, Bobrovsky was excellent in the playoffs, but I still like Samsonov at that number. Would you take him over Andre Vasilevsky, who makes $9.5 million? Oh, no. Tough one, right? Tough one. Um, we're going to go down the list. Here's an interesting one. Um, Jordan Bennington at $6 million. Would you take Samsonov at $4.9 million over Jordan Bennington at six? I like Bingo! it. Bingo! That's right. Hot. Jacob Markstrom. Would you take him over Jacob Markstrom at $6 million? I like it. Right. Tristan Jari at $5.375 million. Spicy. That's a, that's a, <laughs> I like it. That's a tough one. He says it's spicy. Um, Darcy Kemper. Would you take Samsonov over Kemper at $5.25 million? I like it. Right. How about Thatcher Demko at $5 million? Because that's right on the line. Oh, no. 
okay? Um, and then there's some really good value buys. Linus Allmark, five million, good value there. UC Saros at five million, good value. Here's one, and this is the last one. Would you take Samsonov at 4.9 million over Jack Campbell at five million? I like Bingo! it. Hot damn. How about that? Go. So we play a little Would You Rather with, with uh, producer Clark who's in the chair. I like that. That was fun. Hell yes. uh, Samsonov. Um, so the team wanted 2.4. Samsonov wanted 4.9. I don't think 4.9. I start looking at these salaries and what you're going to get. I know the Leafs have salary cap issues. We know that. They're going to have to put guys on long term. They haven't dealt with Austin Matthews or William Nylander long term. So I think they're going to go to arbitration. If they can get Samsonov around $4 million, I think that's a steal. I think that's great. And uh, you know what, Grant Campbell, you're on my radar. I almost suggested to Clark to get, get you on the show. Um, nice work. You caught my attention. And the other piece of news, uh, the Leafs added uh, Guy Boucher and Mike Van Ryan to their coaching staff today, rounding out the coaching staff. It had me wondering um, what, was, what was up with the other assistants. I was looking for this, couldn't find it, but then eventually did. Um, Dean Chenouth, who we know uh, formerly in the Western Hockey League, with the Islanders and then now with the Leafs um, and Manny Malholtra are still on the Leafs bench. That was my biggest question. What's happening to Manny Malholtra? What's happening to Dean Chenouth? And then goaltending coach Curtis Sanford also there. He was really good in the Western League. I believe with Medicine Hat, really good with the Alberta Golden Bears. I believe, did he not play with the Edmonton Oilers for a game? Curtis Sanford? Anyways, um, really great goaltender. He's the goaltending coach. So nothing changes there. Okay, video coaches, Jordan Bean and Sam Kim are still there, but they've added two great voices um, in uh, Guy Boucher, who I think people are more excited about than Matt, Mike Van Ryan. Clark seemed to be pretty excited about Mike Van Ryan. On, I uh, Twitter. like it. Yeah, he likes it. So uh, there you go. And finally, in the YouTube, somebody wrote in and said that uh, Randy from the peg wrote in and said, Rory plus one after 11 holes. So there you go. Um, we're going to talk soccer on the other side. Brennan Dunlop from Canadian Soccer Daily is going to join us to tee up Canada Nigeria at the World Cup. And then it's all CFL the rest of the way. It's the RP Show here on a Thursday, the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and you're listening. Hour two of the podcast is on Apple and Spotify. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Playnow.com is Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. A site with hundreds of slot games. Your favorite live table games and the Playnow Sportsbook. Head over to www.playnow.com slash rpshow to claim your $50 casino reward. That's www.playnow.com slash rpshow for your $50 casino reward. Playnow.com 19 plus.
Use your game sense. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. He got me with that one, boys. Flying the ship. Let's just out everybody. Director Stevens in the chair. Don't think that was Jordan. <laughs> and producer Clark back in mission control. But hey, you figure that out right away. No big deal. How about that? Text lines open. 902-518-3033. We're having fun today. Tracy writes in on the text line. And Tracy says, go Canada, go. Can't wait for the start of the World Cup. And we'll be watching tonight from Edmonton. Okay. Tracy's going to be watching from Edmonton. I'll be watching out here, 10.30 Eastern time. It gets, starting, it gets started for Canada against Nigeria. And we welcome in Brennan Dunlaw from Canadian Soccer Daily, who will also no doubt be watching this. This must feel like uh, Christmas for you, Brennan. Oh. I see. We don't have him for a second. And here I have felt that I had such a great throw. You know, in the business, I thought that was such a great transition and a great throw to Brennan. But I hope he was listening. Um, we're going to get to Canada-Nigeria tonight at 10.30 Eastern time. Canada is in Group B with Australia, Nigeria, and Ireland. Um, obviously, Australia and New Zealand are the co-hosts. Okay. Places and action. Canada set to take on Nigeria at the Women's World Cup tonight in their opener at 10.30. Brennan Dunlop is with us, who will no doubt be watching and covering this for Canadian Soccer Daily. Is this like Christmas for you, Brennan? Hey, man, two World Cups in uh, in six months, six, seven months is pretty good for Canada for uh, only having one team that was competing at World Cup. So, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, I'll be honest, I wish it wasn't, you know, in the middle of the night, some of these games. Uh, 10.30 is not bad. That This is the best uh, of the lot. Also, I'd say Canada got it pretty good with the, the next kickoff times are uh, 6 and 7 uh, Eastern time. Uh, I, I know maybe it's not as kind in, in Central Canada and Western Canada. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but for me, I'm doing, I'm doing morning radio right now. So I'm, I'm trying to do the uh, I'm going to go to bed early with my four-month-old then wake up for no. 10.30, watch the game, then try and go back post-game, uh, which will be about 1 o'clock, and then wake up 4.30 for morning. So You're going to do a split shift? I'm going to have to do a split shift. You know, in the olden days, man, that's how they did stuff. Like when everything was by candlelight, they'd sleep for four hours yeah. and they'd wake up and they'd work for three hours. They'd write novels and they would do things in the dark and then they would sleep again. So it's but we have electricity. To, uh, yeah, there's that. We that's, have that's, that's how we got on the eight hour cycle. You're right, my friend. I know. I know. You know what? I was wondering about that and how we would handle the days. Um, the 8 a.m.s or the 7 or 6 a.m.s, those aren't too bad. Um, the no. 10.30 will be okay tonight. Look, I've been invited out. A place, I've, uh, again, I, I'm new to Ontario. We'll have to get together. But I've been invited downtown to a place called The Fox. Never heard of it? Mm -hmm. They have all-day happy uh, hours. This? I was sold. That sounds very good. Yeah, there's several foxes. I'm not sure which one is the fox, but uh, I just love that there's multiple parties. I think there's there's three uh, Canadian women's national team parties uh, for tonight's game, which is definitely the the ideal timing in order to get people out of the bar. Uh, so I'm I'm just happy for that man because I'll, I'll be honest, it does feel like this World Cup with Canada going as Olympic gold medalists doesn't have the hype around it that i really thought it would you know i, I think the the tsn coverage um and and you know full transparency i'm i'm biased that i'm, I'm working there i do think that the, the coverage is high quality that's well-rounded it's been in depth there's been commentary and, and a lead up and a build up to it but outside of that i'm not hearing enough about this tournament and you know um not to compare it exclusively to the men's but there really was a lot of momentum you know leading up to the men's world cup that I thought kind of carried over into the into the winter, and I really hoped would carry over into this tournament because uh, Canada has a has a real chance here. You know, it would be a shocker if they if they make it to the final. They, they will have a, a tough road through the knockout stages. It looks like, but you know, they're, they're going there as Olympic champions, and they're going there. I think as a better team than the one that won Olympic gold two years ago in Tokyo. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing about the coverage. I'm like, this it feels like it just snuck up on me. You know, um, right. when it could, the hype, and especially when we had all the issues about equal pay and the strike and all those types of things, I thought that would help build momentum and kickstart coverage, and everybody would dig in. It hasn't. Either way, 
Canada's in. You mentioned defending Olympic gold champs. They're the 11th. They're 11th when it comes to the betting favorites at Bet Regal, our, our betting partner here on the show. Um, USA one, England two, Spain three. So realistically, yeah, what do you think would be a successful World Cup for Canada? They're definitely not the 11th best team in this tournament. They are higher than that. Uh, they are the seventh ranked yeah, team. Seventh officially. in the world, right? Yeah. The, yeah, seventh in the world. They're and they're playing Nigeria in this opener, who's the 40th ranked team in the world. When it comes to the betting lines, obviously the you know the bookies know they're going to take money on the attractive teams, and uh, that that skews the lines a little bit. I, I guess you know there's not a lot of people betting on Canadian women's soccer in Canada just yet to have skewed those lines in uh, the Canadian women's national team's favor. But um, they're closer to England than people are giving them credit for. If they were to face England in the last 16, though, they would be the underdogs. There'd be a lot of people that would be afraid to go up against England, who are the European champions. The difference between this World Cup and four years ago and eight years prior to that is the gap and the, the gulf in quality between the North American women's players and the European women's players has closed considerably. These European nations that we know to be soccer nations in the last five years only have really invested in women's soccer to get to a point where those teams are super competitive. Spain, Germany ha always have been and always kind of have invested in the women's game, but they were kind of alone with the Scandinavian countries for 10, 15, 20 years. But Spain, France, even like Italy has invested um, a tremendous amount of money and you've seen the, the, the gap um, in quality shrink. Um, so there's a lot more players than there were before, which, which makes it difficult. And in comparing the World Cup, which features 32 teams, to the Olympics, where they're only going up against the best 12. Like, you're not even getting all of the best teams from Europe. So that's why uh, it is harder to win this tournament, and that's why a lot of people are kind of writing off Canada as an older team and, you know, uh, in a lot of ways, in a lot of people's eyes, a team that maybe was lucky to win gold in Tokyo in a pandemic and the circumstances in which they won it, winning on penalties. Um, this team is always being counted out and counted against, and they love that. They love uh, being fueled by, by that um, know negative motivation i guess um i just hope it's enough to to carry them through what what could be a grueling tournament beyond the knockout stage group stage you talked about yeah you mentioned the the penalties and much has been made about the offense right and the and the scoring um especially in 2023 um going back to tokyo so with christine sinclair now 40 uh, where are the goals going to come from for canada the good thing is, is they have pieces now that they didn't have in Tokyo. Um, Jordan Heidema was 19 years old, I think, maybe 18 years old in Tokyo, just coming through as a star, had made a move to PSG. Um, she's now back in NWSL playing in Seattle for the Oil Reign and scoring goals again and enjoying her football and having fun. And is probably a better, certainly a more mature player. It's probably a, a better overall player and uh, I think a better team fit. Um, Christine Sinclair is a massive contributor to this team. It's not as much on the pitch as it used to be, but it she still can bag goals. She's been doing it in the NWSL for the Portland Thorns. She's going to get minutes. She's going to score for Canada, and it's the it's the way that that entire team reacts to play for her. Um, I know soccer fans hate the crossover examples, but I don't think there's one better than the 2001 Colorado Avalanche where that entire team was playing for Ray Bork. That's what this yeah. team did two years ago in Tokyo. They were playing for their veterans. It wasn't just Christine Sinclair. You know, it was Desiree Scott. It was so Sophie Schmidt. Um, Desiree Scott's not at this World Cup because of injury. But, you know, this, though she's never said it, this is definitely, it seems like this will be Christine Sinclair's last chance at winning a World Cup. And she certainly is one of the greatest of all time. She is the world soccer's all-time leading goal scorer, men or women. Um, just to be able to say that a Canadian has that has that tag is pretty incredible. Um, but getting Olympic gold took her to you know a new place in, in f football stratosphere, and winning a World Cup um, or you know even getting to a World Cup final um, would would also. Uh, cement her legacy just even more globally. So um, there's a collective like effort and mindset mentality within this team to want to win for her. Um, the goals will come from a few other places. Jesse Fleming, who's a superstar at Chelsea and was an Olympic hero two years ago in midfield, can create a ton of goals. She scores from midfield as well. Um, she's going to be a huge part. And Chloe Lacasse, who's actually the number 20 shirt that I'm wearing right now, uh, just made a big move to Arsenal. 
from Benfica, uh, where she scored goals for fun. Uh, Evelyn Vienne has been scoring goals aplenty in Sweden. Um, so those are two players that weren't involved in the the Olympic team, um, and I think will have a big, big impact for for this World Cup team in Australia. And lastly, who's going to keep them out? Um, we've got a change in goal, right, from Tokyo. Um, tell us about Canada's new keeper. Kaylin Sheridan is phenomenal. Canada has this pipeline of goalkeepers, uh, both the men's and women's side, where they've always been able to produce like elite world-class goalkeepers. And Stephanie Labe was that, the Minister of Defense. She was nicknamed after leading Canada to gold in Tokyo. But what people forget is that head coach Bev Priestman went to Tokyo with a two-goalkeeper tandem. It was Steph Labe and Kaylin Sheridan. And Steph Labe got injured and Kaylin Sheridan came in and was flawless. And the kind of the dynamic of the team, uh, Steph Labe being there and, and being available and having a bit more experience and also being kind of a penalty kick specialist is kind of why she kept the gloves or got the gloves when she came back from, from a rib injury. Um, but that was very much, you know, a one for one, one and one A, which not a lot of countries are, are blessed with. So. This is Caitlin Sheridan's team now. She's one of the best goalkeepers in the world, though she was not reflected as that by FIFA in the uh, Goalkeeper of the Year Award. She was uh, royally snubbed, and I'm not the only person to uh, to have that opinion. Certainly not the only... Uh, uh, there's people that aren't just Canadian with that opinion as well. Um, she's been playing in the NWSL for San Diego Wave. She is at the top of her game right now and um, is a very, very well-liked person within this team. And I know, you know, we can beat the drum about all oh, chemistry. How much does it mean? It means a lot. It, it means a lot, especially in the scenario that this team has been in fighting together on and off the pitch um, with the Federation for equality, for respect. Um, they they really do feel galvanized and really are a group. And uh, she's a tremendous vocal leader and a fantastic goalkeeper. Awesome. I'm excited tonight. 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. They get started against Nigeria. Brennan, where can everybody find your coverage? Yeah, Canadian Soccer Daily. We've got uh, coverage throughout CanadianSoccerDaily.com and uh, WakingTheRed.com as well for those of you that uh, that fancy a bit of Toronto FC coverage. I know it's been a painful season for that, um, but we'll have Canadian women's coverage as well on uh, on both CSD and on uh, Waking the Red. So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CanSoccerDaily and uh, CanadianSoccerDaily.com is a website to check out all our stuff. Great preview. Awesome stuff. Um, enjoy the game tonight and the rest of the World Cup. I'm sure we'll catch up soon. Yeah, we will. Have a good one. Awesome. Brennan Dunlop from Canadian Soccer Daily joining us. Canada, Nigeria tonight. We mentioned at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and then we'll get moving on there. Group B, Australia won earlier today over Ireland. Um, Canada, Nigeria, the other two teams in that pool. Um, to the YouTube chat, Jeffrey... Um, Jeff the Stamps fan writes in and says, Speaking of other teams' stuff in your stadium, there are 40... Stamps decals plastered all over the new mosaic in places no one will ever know. So what's How the point that? of plastering the stickers if nobody will ever see them? Are they underneath the stadium in the dirt? Um, not sure that makes sense. If they were plastered places that we could see them and couldn't get rid of them, now you're talking. Now we got something. Um, oh, anyways. We'll get to more of your comments, including the text line. Stephen in North Dakota writes in, he wrote in earlier, said, greetings and no hallucinations. Uh, streaming towards Penn, North Dakota. Well, Rod said's in the clouds. Let's play. Will the Elks or Schooners win at home first? Are the Elks still in playoff contention? They will get smoked tonight in the peg um, while, the, uh, while they're away from Fiery Commonwealth Stadium. We're going to talk... Elks and Bombers next on the other side of this break. Dave Jamison is going to join us. Really looking forward to that conversation. Um, it's going to be a good one. And it's all CFL the rest of the way here. Week 7 in the Canadian Football League opens tonight in Winnipeg. Kenny Lawler is back with the Bombers. And the Elks are in town with Taylor Cornelius getting the start again. We'll talk about that. And more when we return to the RP show here.
Get the card that gets you every blockbuster movie this summer for just $9.99. Landmark Cinema's Movie Club. Every movie. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. $9.99. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Transformers Rise of the Beasts. The Flash. Oppenheimer. The Little Mermaid. Barbie. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem. The Meg 2. And Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. You get the idea, but we're running out of time. Every ticket just $9.99. Get all the movies. Get the deal. Join today at LandmarkExtras.com. Landmark Cinema's Movie Club. For movie lovers. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back to the RP Show on the air here on a Thursday. We'll take care of some housekeeping here ahead of Dave Jameson on the program. 902-518-3033 is the text line. RodPeterson.com is the website. And on the website, you can vote on our poll question today, the daily poll question is for Key Auto Group. At the Key Auto Group, you can buy with confidence knowing they provide reports on all vehicles they sell. Get fully informed with your next vehicle by going to keyautogroup.ca. The poll question today, which of the following free agents that are remaining would you sign? Matt Dumba, the 28-year-old from the Minnesota Wild. Patrick Kane, the 34-year-old coming off hip surgery that he had on June 1st, and he could miss the start of the season. Jonathan Taves, 35-year-old former Chicago Blackhawk captain, or Vladimir Tarasenko, the 31-year-old uh, former New York Ranger and St. Louis Blues. Clark, update on the poll, if you could. Okay, 20, uh, sorry, uh, Matt Dumba leading the poll, Vladimir Tarasenko in second. Um, they're on the course at the Open at Royal Liverpool. We'll just update the leaderboard. Tommy Fleetwood still in a share of the lead, minus five the lead there. Everybody's on the course. Jays and Padres are scoreless in the bottom of the second, wrapping up their three-game set. Canada and Nigeria in the World Cup tonight. They open the World Cup, the Women's World Cup in Australia, 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. 8.30 p.m. Mountain, and it's week seven in the Canadian Football League. The Elks are in Winnipeg to take on the Bombers. We welcome into the program Dave Jamison uh, joining us from Edmonton. He's on the podcast called Cancer in the Room. Dave, is Ron Rivera the best guest you've had so far? Oh, man, um, I, I'm going to say yes, just because uh, a little backstory to getting Ron Rivera they brought him off the practice field at OTAs in Washington for him to do that podcast. And having been a you know PR guy in the CFL for 14 years, I know what it's like to get a head coach at the best of times, let alone an NFL coach. And when Ron Rivera, Coach Rivera, came in and sat down with us and gave us the amount of time he did and gave us the kind of insight and, I mean, just powerful stuff. Yeah, so he would be the best, but... I like every guest we've had has been moving, revealing, uh, emotional. It, it, it was like it's been a really great experience working with Bryn Griffiths on Cancer in the Room, and, and we've been really quite blessed to have the guests we've had. When you said at the end of that episode, you know, we know you got to get back to the field, I thought that was just general broadcast speak. You know, we got to get you back to coaching. Yeah. Yeah. But to say he actually came off the field in the middle of practice, that's incredible. Look, at, I was listening to it on one of my morning walks, and mm-hmm. it was perfect, you know, 35 minutes or whatever it was. Here's how I would describe that episode. That felt like the podcast version of Hard Knocks, okay? It felt like oh. I was there. You know what I mean? When you get the inside mm-hmm. backstory, I could, I could visualize everything he was saying. And to me... The craziest thing in his whole story is when he got his cancer diagnosis, he found out the doctors, and they played it up. His wife was away. Ten days he held on to that news until his wife got back and his son, and, and to tell them, and then subsequently tell the team, ten days? You've gone through this stuff. Like, how difficult would that oh. be to hold on to that news for ten days? Well, um, People who are head coaches of football teams, certainly at that level, um, they're different people. And, you know, we throw around a lot of cliches in sports um, because it's easy, lazy. Um, but there is a uh, resilience that is required of not just the players, but of the people leading the players. And Ron Rivera in that story, and I agree, like at first I thought, come on, now 10 days, like you walked around knowing you had cancer. 
for right. 10 days and were didn't crack at all and want to phone you know your loved ones the people closest to you i mean i lasted about five minutes after i got my diagnosis because i had it you know there's the old pr guy i had it all planned out you know i had a call tree set up ready to go here are the people i'm going to phone i'm going to do it right now and then you know i got to get going on my stuff but i yeah that one caught me going the other way yeah i thought that was just wild so great stuff i don't want to um to spoil much more of it the john madden stuff really cool but it feels like you're there yeah. cancer in the room i found it on spotify so uh, find it where you find your podcast now you're not dave jameson the media guy okay no. you're 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 just dave the sports fan okay what are you watching yeah. this weekend you only get one you can watch the open you can watch canada nigeria at the world cup you can watch the jays okay. and padres or you can watch the elks and the blue bombers are you watching this Edmonton Elks team this weekend if you're just the average Dave? Okay, let me declare myself dupes right out of the gate here for your listeners and viewers yeah. who don't know. I was 14 years with the Edmonton Eskimos and from 98 to, well, do, do the math, 14 years. Through some very good times and, you know, I was there when the club failed to make the playoffs for the first time in 34 years in 2006. So, um, but I've not been experienced anything approaching where that organization is now doesn't matter what name they're under they're in a bad way i'm also a director of the alumni association and i'm a season ticket holder so i'm invested in this franchise both 14 years of my life and now on a different level and still work with them and doing you know some one-off uh events that kind of stuff i'm watching the elks game and hoping because I, as but for the fans, for the players, for the coaches, for the people I know in the front office, that they get a win and that they can follow that up with a win at home. Because, you know, Dupes, this, and I know no one certainly where you broadcast from, no one in the CFL probably, if you're on another team, feels sorry for this organization which ran the show for so long and was held up as the gold standard and we carried ourselves as the best and we told ourselves we were the best and we would say look at all the rings this organization has look at all the cups it's such a far 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 cry from what used to be and i know you know this is not a pity party i'm gonna watch it because i'm invested all of the other options you gave me are worthy of my time um, I, the Women's World Cup, yeah, I'm going to grab as much of that as I can. Not just the Canada games. The Open, always the Open, right? Um, I've seen the Padres beat the Blue Jays twice. I think I kind of know where this is going. Um, but, you know, yeah, I know we're going to talk more about the Elks, but it's uh, there's a mixture of sadness and anger when I think about that organization, and I wish it weren't the case. Yeah, and, and, and I'd like to try and pull for some optimism. So, they did have 473 yards in the loss to Hamilton. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Jared Daggy looked pretty good in relief, you know, getting that game close at the end. And do you get a glimmer of hope? I know they're going back to Taylor Cornelius. This might be the last chance we had. We thought last week was the last chance and that interception. Maybe this is the last chance. But do you get a glimmer of hope when you see what Ottawa did with not their starting quarterback against Winnipeg? Does that give you some optimism that – you know, it could happen tonight? Yeah, on a level. Um, you know, Winnipeg, I mean, there's always a confluence of things that come together when you have a team have an unlikely win, which Ottawa did. You know, you, you can't imagine that Winnipeg's going to let that happen very often, and they don't. They're the best in the league and the gold standard of where the CFL is right now and have been for a few years. Um, so I, I won't say luck because Ottawa's trying to. And... Crum, you know, did some great things, and I guess now we know he's capable of running and scoring and, you know, being a, a weapon with his legs and his arm. So we'll see. Um, it's it's hard to be a quarterback in any league, and especially in the Canadian Football League. It demands different things than it does in other uh, down south, and not everybody can do it, and lots of people have tried. And so I'll give them the one game. I'll, I'll applaud what Ottawa's done. Um, you know, we've all got friends on the staff there and 
know some of the people involved and Sean Burke, I've got a long friendship with him and respect him highly. And so I want good things for people I know and care about. But um, as it you know connects or pertains to the Elks, I guess, you know, you're always hopeful. I, I Taylor Cornelius, and I was really bullish on him, dupes, at coming out of last year and thought, man, he has shown some stuff. He was able to do some things for a big man, a really tall quarterback. You do not expect him to be able to run as, as uh, decisively uh, and as effectively as he showed last year. But this new season has revealed him to, I you hate to think that someone as young as him has hit a plateau but it feels like he's plateaued and they've invested God, it's almost three full seasons now in them. And at some point it either, you either get it or you don't. And the problem in Edmonton, and it's not in, entirely unique to them. Yeah. They've got Daigie there, but again, a prospect, a project, whatever you want to do. And Trey Ford is an idea. Trey Ford is kind of like uh, a lab experiment a great athlete no doubt i'm not disputing that but they're trying to work with him obviously but you saw what chris jones said not many days ago he's got to play better that's telling he's not talking about him in games he's talking about him in practices and i can tell you that you know we often don't see what happens in practices we don't see what happens in film well i was there the day ricky ray arrived carrying nothing more than a knapsack and a hope. Walked in from Sacramento where he played arena football. I wrote the press release for his signing and everyone went, who? It was the first week of practice and Ricky was there as the, I think the number four. I don't think we had five in camp. And you could hear the people talking, the Hugh Campbells of the world and guys along the fence, scouts, former players like who's 15 and then you got him a little bit of preseason work and then the next thing you know because of an injury okay 15 it's yours and well we know how it ended not just in Edmonton but in his career turned out pretty well now I I know that those don't happen all the time but it, it was um I don't know where Edmonton sits at the most important. Well, I do know where they sit right now. They're not in a good place at the most important position on the field. Yeah, it's a tough spot to be in right now. Um, we'll see mm-hmm. if Taylor Cornelius can make the most of it tonight. Um, maybe, I mean, we got to think it's down to one of his last shots. So finally, and I know we're running out of time here in a minute, um, what is your expectation or, or what is the thought process for the rest of the season um, is it still, I mean, it's early and it's the CFL. Is it still, let's see what we can get out of this team and maybe scratch and claw away to a playoff spot. Or is, is this now starting to look at, are you at a point where you're looking ahead already to next year? Yeah, on some levels, but as everyone who talks on behalf of the team will tell you because of the coach's salary cap, they can't make a change there. Can't make a change at GM. They're boxed in. They either have to figure it out with the people in charge here and now, and I'm not an ad, I'm not a blow it all up kind of guy generally, um, but they're boxed in. They've got to figure it out from within. And yeah, there's going to be players coming and going, but again, all of this is budgetary and the Edmonton Elks are in a real financial bind. Somehow Edmonton has become that franchise in the CFL, the one that other people are looking at going, wow, hope they can make it through. I mean, the brand has taken a massive hit. Not just with the name change, but with the losing, the streak uh, at home, uh, home losses. And so there is a financial picture to all of this. There always is, but they're more pressing now than I can recall, certainly in my time. And I think you'd have to go back to the early days of the franchise when there was what I call financial peril. I mean, this is, this is football on the field. Yeah, that's got to get better. It's got to get corrected. And then there is the broader issue of the business of the Edmonton Elks. And that's not a good place right now. It's not a good picture. It's a tough situation right now. And I'd say nowhere to go but up. And I hope that's where the organization goes. Dave, I appreciate the time. Wish we had more of it. Uh, Continued success with the podcast and everything in your world. And I appreciate you you joining the, the show. Thanks so much. Great. Awesome. Dave Jamison joining us from Edmonton Elks Bombers tonight. We'll put a bow on that and everything else in overtime. The RP Show here on a Thursday.
just a few minutes left. And uh, we'll be back on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple and Spotify. PlayNow.com is Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. A site with hundreds of slot games, your favorite live table games, and the PlayNow Sportsbook. Head over to www.playnow.com slash rpshow to claim your $50 casino reward. That's www.playnow.com slash rpshow for your $50 casino reward. PlayNow.com 19 plus, use your game sense. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. To the YouTube chat quickly. Craig Smith, our director of scouting. Last thoughts on this uh, Bombers-Edmonton game. He says, game one at the line of scrimmage. Edmonton worst against the run. Oliveira could have 100-plus yards. Thoughts and final thoughts on this. Kenny Lawler returns. In 41 games over three seasons, 165 receptions, 25, over 2,500 yards, and 15 touchdowns. That'll be big for Zach Caleros. Winnipeg is 14.5-point favorites. The over-under is 46.5 points. Last minute of play in the RP show already. And here's the futures. Argos are still favored to win the Cup, followed by Winnipeg and Ottawa. Toronto minus 240, Winnipeg plus 100. Ottawa in eighth at plus 1,200 in eighth. Plus 1,200 in ninth. Edmonton, they're plus 25,000 to win the Grey Cup. MOP odds are in. Zach Caleros, plus 150. We'll talk about that tomorrow, the MOP odds. We'll talk more about those betting odds um, tomorrow on the show. Uh, Matt Baker of the BC Lions. Jim Barker joins us on Friday, the start of something really special. Jim Barker will be with us Friday. Big thanks to Mike Wilner from the Deep Left Field Podcast. Dave Jamison. And make sure you check out his podcast, Cancer in the Room. Please do that. And Brennan Dunlop. Enjoy the games tonight. Elks and Bombers. Enjoy Canada, Nigeria, and the World Cup. And we'll see you tomorrow here on Game Plus. McFly, hello. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.